This is the Casually Molly Podcast. in life if you look for it your privileges are handed out there's some just squander the wealth i'm talking about isn't dead press dough it's currency not gave from goals 200 dollars that if you space the wrong pace to chase past mediterranean the park place all clean see what i mean yeah it ain't really green our own trees are even in slot machines there's so many taken for granted examples of affluence usually s to the usual cut we used to look down our nose at nature's computers We ain't choose it, don't deny media lies We even pursue it, now don't take this verse is me attacking you, a lot of us just do what we feel we have to do Ain't nothing wrong chasing paper, but have an end goal Check your savings account, but then account for your soul Welcome back to the Casually Molly Podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. The song that you just heard is called Better Sunrise. It is by Super Jazz from Same Difference Music and can be found on all streaming services. But enough about that for right now. We have a great friend of mine. I love him to death. It is JB. He is in the house. Say hi. <laughs> I'm in the house. I'm here. He is I'm here. here. Yeah, I know. What did you feel like when I brought you down to the basement? Um, <laughs> I felt like every black man's nightmare being trapped in a room with a white woman and the police come. I knew that something of that nature was going to happen, but it's Molly. So because it's you, Molly, I knew that I was going to be okay. I oh, felt safe. I thanks. Felt well, I asked that because um, Steve Beatty who mm-hmm. is a mutual friend of yes, ours. We do. He's been on the podcast um, ever since I started recording this. I live, for those of you who are just listening to this episode, I live in a building called the Metropolitan Artist Lofts. And uh, yeah, it, it has these kind of recording rooms that are downstairs. But what's kind of creepy about it, we call it the murder basement because yes. we meaning I call it the murder basement because when you come down the elevator, you have to kind of walk through a parking lot. So all of my guests kind of think it's like hilarious. Like my friends, it's, it's yeah. kind of scary, Molly. I'm not gonna lie because in at most of the scary movies I've ever seen, white women would run down there and trip and fall, <laughs> and somewhere out of somewhere out the shadows would be some ch- 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 ah, ah, ah. some dude <laughs> would come and then death would happen. But once again. I'm with Molly, and everyone loves Molly, so I know Aww. it was going to be all right. We good. We it was good. actually kind of funny. I was like, all right, here we go, JB. Here's my backpack. Go ahead and sit in the seat. We caught up for a little bit, but when he came in, it was great. I know. He doesn't know what's in there. No, it's, my backpack is so boring. Like People are like, got any like drugs in there and stuff? I'm like, oh, I have a planner and uh, my comedy notebook, for those of you who know. Literally, I'll show it to JB right now, okay. but my comedy notebook is falling apart. That's so how much I've been using it. That's good. So, That's like, usage. here's the cover, and then here are the pages. Okay, like, okay. So, it says, be bold and shine bright, and it used to look so cute, and so now girly. it doesn't anymore, Aww. you know? TJ Maxx, thanks to my oh, sister God. Allie for buying that for me when I, I first started doing it. I feel like the, the NBC rainbow is supposed to come and um, say, now you know. Now you, you know. Now you uh, know. Oh, it's great. Oh, I'm informed. We're ready. If, See, JB gets me. I like it. If I had a backpack, <laughs> I could say, 
the question about you having drugs in your backpack would probably apply to me. <laughs> I would more than likely have some type of weed shit in there because <laughs> I like weed. I happen to smoke weed across from the artsy apartment that you sleep in in my car. And so when I got here, I feel like I'm being artsy because that's yes. what artsy people do. I don't know if you smoke weed, but I do. And so I feel artsy. I'm part of the community. He is part of the community. You're always part of the community, though. It's I, I great. I feel that. I think. I think. <laughs> So, JB, why don't you tell everybody, if you can remember, when was when did we meet? What was How did we actually become friends? Or was it just, you know, do we even remember? I <laughs> honestly don't remember. And I'm going to say it's when I started to know that in order to do things in comedy, you got to like people and meet people. And, like, I'm kind of standoffish if I don't know you. So, mm-hmm. like, if I don't really know you, I really, I'm not going to talk to you. But yeah. if I know people that know you and they talk to you, it's a good chance I'll talk to you. Exactly. Right. So, but Which I is think, fair. I think that's a fair assessment. And yeah. so I think it was, it has to be either at, uh, I don't know, Helium or yeah. Funny Bone. I, was it Artist Art? I believe. You know what? Yes. Now I know. Boom. I have it all pointed out. It was Richie James's first night. At Artist Art. Mm-hmm. It's when he had his first appearance night, and I was there. I think you featured that night, if yeah. I'm correct. Mm-hmm. That's the night you featured. I think I went up. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But that's the night I first met you. Yes, it's the yes. Richie James. Oh, my God. Richie, you've done something great. There you go, <laughs> buddy. Yes, and so what's kind of funny, too, is I work at a hotel. It's my day job, and uh, I'm a supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> to my friend Marlon, who's our night auditor. And how do you know Marlon? <laughs> Man, back when um, I was brainwashed by the white Jesus, uh, <laughs> my mom, well, just being honest, I grew up in church. And Marlon is from, like, my church family. The people yeah. I've known Marlon since I probably have been, like, six years old. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of been like a big brother, big cousin, however yeah. you want to say, since all these all these years. So my wife goes to the church with my mom. So like, it's still the big family. Like, um, I've been knowing him honestly pretty much my whole life. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what's well. So Marlon and I got talking because Marlon was like, "Tell me all about like stand up comedy." And there was like some picture that you and I were in on Facebook. where, like, and he just goes, "You know, little Jimmy." Like, <laughs> <laughs> Cold game. Cold and I was game. like, little Jimmy, you mean JB? <laughs> and he goes, how do you know him? I was like, oh, we do comedy together. And he's like, JB does comedy? He's yep. like, little Jimmy from when I used to be his counselor? I a little in a long time. I was like, well, now he's like big JB, and he's yeah. like cracking jokes over. But, you know, that's great. It's kind of funny. Like, what a small world that it usually yes, ends it up is. being. Six degrees of separation with everything. Like, oh, it is funny. Like, the community is just... It's, it is small. It's just a very small community, and so it's not it's not a hard thing to bump into somebody that you know. So that was just cool, though, because that's an actual cool person that I like. So yes, Marlon's cool. great. Well, see, that's the thing, and I love Marlon. Marlon was my – Marlon cracked me up because uh, the first night I ever met my coworker, Marlon, was that I was working from 3 to 11 at the hotel because I knew that I was going to have to – like meet Marlon and kind of like show him like where certain things were right. and he was he was trained for night audit and he's had plenty of hotel hi- like industry history but Steven's like stay with him a little bit and I was like that's cool not a problem and I didn't know that he had come in yet so the way it works is that we have our hotel computers in the front and then there's like a back office but there's a wall in between obviously gotcha. so the back office is hidden and I just hear this like rustling in the back and I'm like oh my god 
what guest is just like chilling in? So I'm just like, and then all of a sudden this man just pops from behind. I'm like, oh my God. And Marlon's like, I'm so sorry. I'm Marlon. I'm your new coworker. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I screamed. I just was like, cause sometimes guests just happen to walk back there. And I was like, oh God, like now I have to like go handle this guest that just invited <laughs> themselves into our back office. And it's like... And Marlon's a big, tall dude, so, like, it could be intimidating. Then he talks, and you know... And I know. Then he was, like, guy. so sweet. He's I said, oh, my guy. God, you're totally fine. Because there, right. there have been big, tall dudes that get intimidating, <laughs> and they just walk in the back, and you're like, holy shit. And then you got to go, like, all Molly on them and be like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, Bye. Shit. And then call security. I've never met that Molly. I was See, like... you know what it is? It's like, I... I think it's because, you know, when I first started doing comedy, I was, like, very depressed. And I think that comedy has, like, actually brought, like, more happiness to my life than, mm-hmm. like, most people. So people are like, oh, my God, you're so happy. I'm like, yeah, because I'm doing what I love. But beforehand, if you had probably met me a couple of years ago, I probably would have been, like, such a Debbie Downer. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I, I, I get it totally. Like, I, like I, I was a rapper at first. And so. Yeah, so, let's talk about this. How did you get into comedy? Let's start about your whole industry. Okay, well. Scoot on into the mic. Tell right. us everything. My bad. Let me get up <laughs> Oh, here. nothing bad. Uh, Just come on over. <laughs> no, I basically, uh, I used to rap. Mm-hmm. I started off rapping right when I got out of high school and all that. And um, took it really seriously right away. We recorded. We were really shooting demos, really trying to get out here. And then moving to Atlanta for, like, school and, and actually trying to, like, do some music stuff. End up being the only one that moved to there with our group. Mm-hmm. And so, being in Atlanta, I met some great people. I've uh, met really some friends that I've kept for the rest of my life, even musically. But it got to the point when I was like 30. Like, well, I was 28. I was 28. And I was like, man, I'm not really liking the way music is going. I'm not like into the dumbing myself down type of thing. So, I'm not going to do it. And me and my uh, ex girlfriend got back together. And I mm-hmm. moved back to St. Louis. Yeah. So moved back home, bought our home, we started having kids and working and stuff, and I had lost a job. And Travis, you know, Travis Anderson, my, yeah. my, uh, another comedian, and he has been doing comedy off and on for 10 years. Yeah. So when I was doing music, he was just starting comedy. So when I lost my job, he was like, come on, man, I'm going to take this stuff seriously, and I want my boy to come out here with me. I've been contemplating this for years. Yeah. I didn't have the balls to do it. I was scared. And it's like, it's weird because you would think a person that's rapped on stage, that's done all these yeah. things, that's done that, it'll be an easy transition. It really isn't because with music, a good beat can be your mask. Yeah. You know, with, with stand-up, it's you. It's now. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> your voice is the beat. Like, it's yeah. up to you. And I had the balls to do it, but I finally did it. And it's been something I had, I had had little jokes I've written down over the years, you know, to the side and just finally, I just finally did it. And the first time I did it, I fucking loved it. Yeah. And I had been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I felt incomplete. I'm so serious. Like, let me get into my emotional bag. I was, I was so sad. Like, I had those kids and they just ruined my life. <laughs> it was like... I had this happy woman that loves me, and that's the worst thing in the world when a woman loves you. (laughs) It's like the worst thing in the world. Because, man, like, she believes in you, and because she believes in you and she, like, agrees with your your vision, you got to believe in hers. And then you, you feel bad when you're used to being selfish and doing your own stuff, so it forces you to love and want to be evil. But I'm good. No, I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my wife, like it, was just, it worked out. And so just with that, 
I've been doing this for going on two years now, and I love it, Molly. I can't lie. Like I've met some very cool people. I love the feedback. I like the acceptance mm -hmm. that lets me know that hey, I must be funny. You know, I believe in myself totally. But it's like, oh, you might be funny. Oh, those people like you. And then I didn't think I would translate, to be honest, to the white folks. And the white folks like it. Oh, yeah. And so I... I One, one's over here. <laughs> I just, I appreciate that. Like, it just lets you know that you, it does reinforce that you're funny. And, you yeah. Know, and I know I'm in the infant stages, but it's like... I'm I'm a student. I well, like I'm mine. a student too. I totally get exactly. I feel like, and that's what's a. So I always say this a lot on our podcast, but at the improv shop, Rafe Williams always says that like comedy, it's like the best job in the world, but it's also the hardest job mm -hmm. in the world. And I feel like we're always constantly learning. Like yeah. there's certain times, and you know, you feel it too. You're like, that was a fucking great set. Like yes. I killed it. And you're like, I'm going to make it in this industry. And then you go to like the next show and it's just like, the crowd is not liking it, oh, which causes God. you to like be self-conscious about your set. And then you're like, man, and then like, or they're just like smiling, and you're like, like just not getting a reaction. So you're like, I'm you not a comedian. I'm like, I'll never be able <laughs> to do this. Work. Like, I, I should just leave right it, now. You know, like, <laughs> it will humble an ego very yeah. quick because you can. It's definitely how I've learned it. Um, like comedy is like, I guess, like a wave chart. Yeah. And so like, you want it when you're on stage. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, JB is dying <coughs> on us. Give us one second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all right. <coughs> Excuse me, but like <laughs> getting very passionate about our feelings. <laughs> very passionate in the basement. <laughs> the saliva is passionate in my mouth. It's making me choke. But no, um, like it's in a wave, and it's gonna. You're gonna have your high. You're gonna have your low. It's just finding your middle and keeping it. And so, like when you're on a good week, you can have a good show here, good show there, three good shows in a row. And that fourth show will be a reality lane where you say, yep, mm -hmm. just doesn't work tonight. Just, yeah. you know, it humbles you real quick. Like, okay, let me go to the drawing board and see what I can change about this. Exactly. To make it more universal or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm so happy because then obviously comedy brought us together. Yes, it did. And now we're like the best of friends. Oh, my God. I, oh, my God. Like, what? No. I put a stir <laughs> on you. Like, when I put a stir... You are a friend of mine. It's true. You know what a stir is? Yes. I call you the mollinator. Yes. Like the tur on the end, the tur. When I put a tur on your name, you are a friend of mine. Like you're the mollinator. And it's honestly kind of racist because mostly my white friends have the tur on their names when I give when I like them. Like the Daninator or like yeah. uh, uh, Nickinator. You know what I'm saying? I love it. It makes me feel special. So I, I appreciate it. Pretty cool. It. And it's, it's great. And now I get to see JB at all the different mics, and it's fantastic. Now, I do have to ask you, though, sometimes when I'm on the uh, the STL Comedians page, okay. and uh, I, uh, as you probably all know by listening to this episode, JB and I are based here in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, practicing comedy. Go Cardinals. Go <laughs> And literally, I mean, they're doing pretty well. Gotta yes, say, gotta say, yes, St. Louis sports. For those of you who may not follow it, St. Louis sports, they are killing it, which is awesome. This is true. This is true. Um, now, do you run a mic, actually? I used to. Okay. With me and Travis, we actually yeah. used to run a mic. It was once a month. It was monthly at this place called The Back Room. And we did it for about a year. It was actually pretty good. We kind of outgrew the space a little bit because the parking was horrible. That happens, And though. so... 
basically now Travis and another comedian have you uh he's kind of changed his name a little bit right he was solo the comedian at first oh and now he's using his real name which is Octav Muhammad uh, <laughs> but uh him and Octav quite a change <laughs> yes it yeah. is it's like Malcolm X it's like a whole culture <laughs> it's, like, like, it's like, like Cassius Clay Malcolm X oh my god <laughs> Muhammad Ali what is going on <laughs> but no like he uh Octav and him now they have a weekly mic which is at the bridge. Oh, which wow. Is in, um, North County off the of Natural Bridge. And, like, that's a weekly thing. So I was hosting that, but I don't. But I am going to support my buddy, you know, Octave and Travis. They have their mic, which is at the bridge every Thursday. Um, don't know the address here. But, that's, uh, well, you know what? What we'll do at. is I'll just look <laughs> it up. I'll be like, listen, JB, later on. And I will put the blurb or the blurb. I'll put the address in the blurb that we, we have go. to like talk about it. There we so, go. yeah. And then who knows? Maybe uh, now that I know that these this exists, I'll have them on. You have okay. no idea, which okay. is great. There we go. But no, it's, you know, I feel like, because Jimmy, my boyfriend Jimmy used to, <laughs> another Jimmy, there used to like, I know JB, Jimmy, Jim, it's all the gyms. It's great. <laughs> I, just, I, I just have to surround myself with gyms. It's fine. I don't know what it is. Black Jim, white Jim. I so can't many jokes it. in that. So many, <laughs> so many jokes in that. But we're going to keep it going. Oh my God, we're having like way too much fun. I can't wait for people to listen to this and be like these two in the murder basement, <laughs> just cracking themselves up, <laughs> coughing, dying. It's fine. That's but funny. um, no, he ran one in St. Peter's, and it was kind of the same thing where like he ran it for a year. It was a bar mic, and like. You know, people all the time are like, oh, my gosh, like, were you guys dating when he was running the mic? And I was like, no. But it's like, it's kind of interesting, like, how you just grow out of certain things. And, yep. like, he's still, like, we've been to the Babylon before. We've been there for ladies' night or whatever. They're a really nice venue. But, you know, like, sometimes, like, you do a mic and then things evolve and things change. It's just, like, certain shows or things. Things do, but you keep up. I mean, that kind of comes with the territory too, because you keep evolving as a comedian and doing your thing, which is a uh, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, um, and, and I and I, yeah. know, I I like hosting. Hosting is fun. It's a great talent to have. Yeah. But I was like at a point too, like I kind of want to balance it because you want to do your jokes, like you want to work on your shit, even though hosting you're allowed to. You can work on your jokes and you can do that. But it's just good to move into another realm. Like I am really in a position where I want to. Bang out this material that I have, work it out, work all these kink, these kinks that I may have in them, and really take this serious. Like I want to really be able to uh, shop some stuff around within the next couple of years. Absolutely, so. and I think those are great <clears throat> goals to have. Like I feel like, especially when you're pursuing something like comedy and like being in the industry. Like I was a theater major. I used to produce a lot. Not now I still produce plays. I just had one on the Fringe Festival, but I used to produce like nine a year, which was like insanity. You're just like, ooh. So I went you you have to kind of find that balance and I feel like really that applies to artsy apartment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Literally I belong in this building. Well, yes, I know. You do. Like it's uh it's it's crazy though, but I had to come up with a balance where I was like, all right, here's the deal. Like you want to say yes to like everything, which yeah. is great. Um, but then also at the same time, like you have to know like what you want to pursue with your art and your industry. So it's kind of like, that's what I'm saying. Just basically growing and changing. I would be surprised if you weren't like, oh, I feel like this is different after the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, so I think that's great that you're finding who you want, uh, like who you want to be in as, you know, being a comedian and whatnot. Um, what are some of your goals now that you're pursuing comedy? What would you like to do in like the next year or so? Um, I would like to be incredibly rich 
but that's probably not going to happen <laughs> unless I go sell out and sell my soul on Instagram or something. I just come to Insta my Instagram model or something and like you know do something like that. But my honestly, my true goals are I am building myself up for a forty-five minute set. That's yeah. what I want. I, I'm I'm banging things out to be able to work up the ladder. I want to be able to be a host in a club, to be a feature in a club, mm-hmm. to be a headline. That's truly my, I want, I don't mind working through those ranks. Yeah. I don't mind doing that. I, I don't mind, like, uh, like really understanding that. I think, well, you would say, even though we have a very, like, a lot of venues out here, I think Helium would be our major venue. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be hired at Helium. Like, I want to be able to, to be able to get booked at another Helium. Yeah, absolutely. You know oh, like, Helium's I'm, a great venue. Yeah, I love those people over yeah. there. Ryan's great and Michael's great. Yep, yeah. Yep. So, so it's like that's I, awesome. Like the goal is to really tighten up what I'm doing and 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 be a real serviceable com- comedian. Shit. I, I I want to be known not just to the people I know that everyone says, "Oh, JB, do funny as hell, man." Like yeah. he, he's actually pretty good. So I want that. I'm working towards being a notable. Yeah, that's what I can say. I can agree. Absolutely. I mean, and you're working your way up through that, and that's fantastic. I feel like all of us as comedians can probably relate, and other people who aren't mm-hmm. comedians who are working in your own field can probably relate to that. Um, that's great. I uh, wanted to kind of move to our topic. So I was like, hey, JB, what kind of things do you want to talk about on this podcast? <laughs> and uh, he's definitely uh, opinionated. <laughs> I would say so. It, I would say so, exactly. That's a good thing. I'm opinionated, too. I'm Italian, even though I know some people are like, fuck Mama those Italians. Ma- exactly. oh, no, definitely as nice as polite as I am. You know, we all have our own opinions and our mm-hmm. own thoughts on things, and that's great. That's, it works for comedians because that helps you write a bit and a joke, and that's awesome. Um, what I wanted to talk about, you brought up censorship. So today's episode, everybody, is called Casually Censored. Um, yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that probably can have more than one meaning, and we'll get to that during our discussion. But, JB, why did you bring up censorship in our discussion? I Be- think, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Uh, but it's like, I guess because it's, it, it's really a big topic now. It's mm-hmm. something that's going on. Like, uh I'm just a real big advocate of being able to say what you want to say and also dealing with those consequences. Mm -hmm. So even if the shit isn't funny, like, you should be able to deal with the consequence of it. And I feel that comedy happens to be one of those things that's kind of self-cleaning. Okay. So if it doesn't work, it will weed itself out as not working when you eventually notice that it doesn't work. Either... You need to go back to the drawing board and be uh, and and make it more funny and not and smoother towards not offensive, or you know you can honestly just let them work the kinks out like whatever it is so you just throw it away. But I hate the fact that people are trying to force a way to do things on it. Okay, and like you know what I'm saying. I don't even know if I'm making any sense right now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about it. So, it, can you maybe give an example to the maybe what e- you're talking about? The biggest example would be the the biggest example we have recently: the Dave Chappelle special. 
Okay. I actually have not seen the Dave Chappelle special yet. Okay. So, but this is good because that way we can have this discussion and later on, because I have a list of like Netflix things that I want to watch. Okay. And like literally okay. that is one of them. But I, uh, I was watching my girl, Nikki Glazer. I say my girl, like I know her or something, she knows but you, in, her heart. Uh, in her heart, right? <laughs> but she is, I really look up to Nikki a lot. So I feel like just cause I'm a female comedian, I watch a lot of female comedian specials. Right. However, Jimmy happened to really like the Dave Chappelle special, and he's mm. like, "Babe, you gotta watch it." And I haven't watched it yet, so I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. Because it's a lot of backlash on it, and it's like the people that are upset. They kind of remind me of the people who get upset at headlines on Facebook, uh huh. Who don't necessarily read a whole article. They don't read the whole article. They just yeah. see like the uh, the the hot tagline or whatever that's made to get your attention, and that's kind of how he layered the special. Mm-hmm. So there were shock words in there, you know okay. what I'm saying? We'll say the forbidden words or whatever that you can't say, but that wasn't even the focus of the joke. Okay. The focus of the joke is the fact that you're offended by it. And I don't get why people are offended by things that they would never see. Mm-hmm. Do you get where I'm going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, at a, at a particular point, like, comedy is subjective, number one, but it's also selective by the ticket or the the ticket you purchase, like yeah. you have to, you literally have to choose this to go be insulted by this person because mm-hmm. there's track records of everybody now. You should know who these people are, and like they were upset at the words he said that may offend particular groups like the LGBTQ. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, and I and I've even heard people tell me like, oh, you can you can laugh at. LGBT jokes, haha. Ha. I said, well, I can laugh at black jokes. I can laugh at that joke. Mm-hmm. I can laugh at tall people. I can laugh at short people, fat people, skinny people. Like, you, no one is, it's a difference. In, in all, and they'll say, like, you're punching down, you know, but punching down to me, it's subjective. Gotcha. Because everyone's pain tolerance is different. Yeah. What makes you upset may not be the same thing that makes me upset. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or even or even other people. So I just feel we should allow it to be the categories. Like it's categories to me. Like if you want to have happy go lucky comedy, look at your happy go lucky comedy. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't be in like I don't get how people are enforcing rules in clubs cuz I thought clubs is where you should be safe at. Now, you know, this is a good topic to have because I feel like, you know, whether you agree with what JB is saying or not or what even what I'm about to say or not, you know, this is something that does come up in discussion because sometimes people, whether they go to an open mic or they go to a show, um, you know, sometimes people put up the argument like, let's say, we'll just use this Dave Chappelle, even okay. though, again, I, I feel I feel weird using that as an example because I haven't seen it yet, so I can't disappointed exactly. In I know, everybody's probably like, what the fuck, Molly? You <laughs> haven't even watched it and you pay for Netflix? Sticks. Like, what the hell? And I'm like... I've been watching a lot of things. I've also been watching a lot of reality TV, as we know, because I'm trash. But the point <laughs> is, is that, uh, no, I just like it a lot. I um, I think that sometimes people put up the argument that, you know, we know who this artist is. Right. Like, okay, like, for example, here, this is actually something I can use. So Michelle Wolf was at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I don't know who this person is. Okay, well, see, this is kind of the same thing with, like, Dave Chappelle. So this will be great. This is going to be on the same equivalence, and we'll get on the same page for this. Gotcha. So this was a huge thing where they hired Michelle Wolf for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Oh, the comedian. the comedian. Okay, I do remember this, yes. And she made fun of Donald Trump the whole time. 
And the argument that was put up, and I would like to also say I, I love Michelle Wolf, and I thought that was fucking hilarious uh, what be, happened. Oh, oh, she was hilarious. I saw her when she came to Helium. Tina Deval, who's a local comedian, she, like, hosted for her. It was so great. Such <laughs> a good time. I was like, I was like, go ladies in comedy. But I um I went to see that and some people were like really appalled that I went to go see her at Helium because of what she did at the White House Correspondence Dinner. And what I kind of brought up was I was like, wow, like it's Michelle Wolf. Like she always specifically talks about how she doesn't like Donald Trump. So I think it's really fucking stupid that the White House hired her to go to the White because that's literally what she does is a thing. comedian. Like <laughs> it's like you know like unless the White House was like has this sick joke behind it where they were like this is going to get us some press. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I mean, any publicity is good, you know. But yeah. that that was kind of the thing. So when I said that I was going to go see Michelle Wolf, I had some family members reach out to me and they were like, and it's always like not never your immediate family, but you know, like your weird extended family yep. that you never you fucking talk, talk to. to. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, because I had posted, oh, I'm going to go see Michelle Wolf at Helium tonight. I would like to say it was sold out. Like, Literally, Andy, who was the manager at the time, had to put me in some, like, he was so cute. He, like, put me in this, like, little booth next to this guy who happened to be a journalist. It was the craziest thing. And I had this kind of similar discussion with him. And he was like, yeah, I love Michelle Wolf. I don't see what the problem was Mm -hmm. with, you know. But that was the thing. People were like, how dare she do that? And, you know, you're at the White House. Wouldn't you want to be censored? So I think maybe what you're trying to say is kind of the equivalent to what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. It's damn near even similar to, have you heard what happened with Snoop Dogg? Oh, I did see. Kansas. Okay. So I don't know the whole story to that either, but I follow The Breakfast Club Mm -hmm. on Facebook. And The Breakfast Club puts up articles. And see, now, see, that's where I fall in the category of like, oh, I saw a headline. <laughs> <And> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't read that. But I, to be honest, I was at work. So I was like, oh, here's some quick news. Bye. And then like, so I didn't see it. But Snoop, I saw that when the venue apologized, I guess, Snoop was like, well, I'm not apologizing. They were upset so. that they invited Snoop to what they have. It's, it's going to be college basketball season. So normally to introduce it, like respective colleges, different institutions will do like their madness. Yeah. And like it'll be 24-hour basketball or a big event where everyone in the town comes. They invited Snoop Dogg and they were upset that he brought bitches and things that Snoop Dogg brings. Yeah. He had strip poles. Like he had a whole concert and he had stripper poles with strippers. They said he said dancers. They said ex- uh, not exotic well, dancers. He said that uh, was also very stupid on their booking because <laughs> here's here's here the problem. Here is the thing, and this has come from even from my small little like theater company thing that I run. I, you know, when you're doing something, when you're doing a venue, and I guess this is what we can talk about too. When you're booking a venue, if your venue has certain things that you don't want, like strippers or poles mm-hmm. or something. Sorry, Snoop Dogg is probably not the person that I would call. Not that I have anything personally against Snoop Dogg, but I am, like, I know him. But I (laughs) am. Nothing personal, Snoop. Don't worry about it. But um, why I say that is that, you know, you they probably look at, they're like, Snoop Dogg, big name, dollar signs. But sometimes to get to those dollar signs, unfortunately, 
and no one wants to talk about this, but it's all about business and it's all yep. about money. And like, I hate to say that. Like, I hate to be like, oh, because, you know, I'm usually Molly. I'm very positive. But at the same time, like, I also understand what it's like to have to finance something. Right. And again, at a smaller level, you have to fundraise. You have to, like, look at, like, what's important. And sometimes your morals come into play. Like, you're <laughs> like, should I do? I, I hate, again, should it's I like, shit. Yeah, should I do this? Should I not? And, like, again, no one wants to discuss that. Like, they just want to be angry and on a soapbox. And so I will say, do I think that sometimes Snoop Dogg with his, like, girls and the poll and everything do i think that's like always the most appealing for me personally probably not i disagree <laughs> but i uh but that's just me but like here's the thing i also have snoop dog on my pump up mix in the morning so Man. you know sometimes we kinda, you gotta roll sometimes i gotta drop it like a top and drop smoke it like some endo and sip exactly. on some gin and juice exactly so it's like i understand so like i don't know it's just you kind of go back and forth on these things and i think that's a big debate that you usually have yeah so i guess with uh with when you're talking about clubs and stuff what do you mean by like I, I, it's like certain clubs I see will try to tell you, uh, like, I feel this is a journey and everyone has individual journeys. So how you get to your complete comedian, whatever you're trying to be is your journey. Mm -hmm. So if you cuss too much in the beginning, I think you'll recognize eventually that you cuss too much. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's a self-reflective thing. Like, this is art. So you're going to go through transitions of what you feel and you're going to break it down. Then you'll realize, hey. I may not be able to cuss as much. But I don't need a club trying to tell us that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want... It's like, let us decide the move and the way that we want to go. I feel that people that even go to open mics also understand that it's an open mic. So at open mics, you don't know what you may get in an open mic. Well, that you is true. With open mics, and again, this is also another, another discussion with open mics sometimes. It's like... And I, I struggle with this, too, is that, you know, you have people that come, especially when you have a good crowd that comes yep. to an open mic, you're like, fuck, I really want this lineup to be great. I want my set to be great. I want this to be a real show. The club wants it to be a show. Like, and like, you know, when you go to an open mic, it, it, they do kind of say like, it's free or it's like only like a certain amount of X right. dollars. Like, and I, I hate to say this. I don't want to sound like, I, I love all the open mics I go to. Like everybody knows me. I like love going to all of them. I do. But at the same time, like, you know, I get a little nervous whenever there's a comedian who's doing something, like, especially, like, if you have a first-timer, which it sounds terrible, I know, but you have a first-timer who gets, like, really off the rails. Because here's, to be truthful, my first time doing comedy was not the strongest, and I can't even look at the clip because I'm like, oh, it God. Is, I like, think all our old shit uh, is You're crazy. like, no. So this is not me being like, oh, if you're a first but I feel like, you know, when you see a first-timer, like, doing everything wrong, and including not moving the mic stand, you're like, fuck. And you get, like, annoyed, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and you're like, how is this person allowed to be here? But then at the same time, it's an open mic. So I can't, I can't say anything, even if I don't really like the person or his personality. And you also have to think, too, like, who knows? Maybe he'll go or she'll go into comedy and grow and be a different person after I, learning from that maybe they needed that open mic experience mm -hmm. to like that's what we say this is what open mics are all about to be this person my second point for that too just not even open mics with clubs in general let's play devil's advocate to okay. your point for a second so you're talking about how the club wants to kind of tell you what to do and how to do your art. Right. What some people might put up I say some people it's just things that you hear around um 
could put up the argument like, well, this is the club and they're the ones that are paying you. So what what makes them not have a say in what you do? You know what I'm saying? That, not that, like, again, you know what I'm saying is that it, this is a devil. We're trying to make no, a conversation. Real, out of this. I, I understand yeah. exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Personally, honestly, like, they have the right to do whatever mm-hmm. they want to do. It's their yeah. building that they pay the bills. I just feel if that's, then you shouldn't call it a comedy club. You should call it like a TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> like TED Talk Lounge or TED Talk, TED Talk House or the, or the TED Talk Bone or the TED Talk Helium. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's the case, you should call it a TED Talk. Like, you're lecturing then. This is a lecturing house. This is a house for lectures. Like, that makes no, like, I just feel. I'm not going to get mad at what the venue wants. I just, you know, won't probably won't frequent there. I probably won't go as much. I probably won't do nothing. But I just feel that it's not even the club because the club will let particular voices have said. It may not even have a strong number. Their number may not even be what outweighs what people want. But mm-hmm. because it's a loud voice, you yeah. adhere to it. And all. The, and I just feel sometimes. All these loud voices don't have great intentions. It's just being able to say that you can do something. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. It, it's not really for the movement of empowerment. It's more so for the movement of saying, damn it, I did something. I can cause it. I can cause problems. But like I say, I understand that the way I'm looking at it, I'm personally going to go into whatever whatever lane is the lane for me is where I'm going to go. I stick to my lane, and that's how I feel for people that want to maybe objectify or protest something. Stick to your own lane. Like, I don't have to give you anything. I don't call it a protest. I just call that being a goddamn consumer that wants, I'll pay for what I want. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm frugal with my entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. Well, it's like when you choose what shows you want to go to. Like, I, uh, you know, it's been great because Helium had this great deal where you could do, like, $5 for a ticket for this month for certain, sh- like, shows that they were offering. But then, like, when you pay for full price to go to a show, I was like, all right, if I'm going to see a headliner, I'm going to see one that I want to see. Right. So I, um, when Tony Rock came, I was like, Jimmy and I went on the Friday night show, and it was so great. Duke ended up hosting that okay. night. And okay. then there was, like, a, there was a couple of guys that they had in between. They were great. And then Tony came up, and he was fantastic. Like, he did a whole show, like, basically with crowd work. And then um, he actually pointed us out in the audience. He was, like, it was so great. He goes, young white people, very progressive. Thank you for coming. And, like, it was funny. Like, it was great. And he was so sweet about it because, like, at the end, uh, Ryan, shout out to Ryan at Helium for doing this, he put us on the side where the ramp was. So, like, every time the comedian came back out, so Tony came and shook our hands afterwards that for being dope. like, it was really you sweet. Watched like, it? Did you watch it? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> for not for a hot second. <laughs> okay. like, you know. okay. But it was so sweet. Like he made a point to come to us afterwards, shake our hands and like thanked him. Be personable. For, yeah. Which was, I thought was awesome. I have never been to a live comedian other than Whitney Cummings, who was really sweet and signed my book and gave me a great hug. It was very nice. Okay. But Tony, like I, I never had somebody be so personable like that. And, like, I, I I, really, that experience, like, made my face hurt because it just showed how much of a true artist he was and how much he loved doing what he was doing. And it was very real the whole time. Like, he was like, some of you may know me. Like, some of, that's why he's like, the white, like, the white people, thank you for coming. The black people, I knew you were coming. Like, you know, yeah, like, dope. and that's he dope. was like, and some of you, fuck, maybe you thought it was going to be Chris and it was me. <laughs> like, you know. 
I, I feel like, you know, sometimes being true to yourself, like Tony was, it was great. And he talked, what he, what I really loved about him was he did a lot of controversial issues mm-hmm. and um, basically kind of uh, what we talk about as a society about like white ladies. I have, I even have a white lady in my set and I'm white, like that doesn't know how to mind her own business. Mm-hmm. And like, she's saying, you know. Probably and, in a basement like this. And just in a basement <laughs> like this, bringing like these fucking comedians what down is here. That? <laughs> over there. What is that? What even is this? Okay. Yeah, no, not my thing. We all know I'm very social. So usually, like, <laughs> that's the thing. For me as a person, anybody that knows me, if anything, I always, I, I don't want to be in anybody's business. Like, people try to bring me, and I know a lot of people say this, but. Like, they're like, oh, I don't want to be part of that. I really don't want to be a part of it. Like, I people try to find me, like, I'll, I'm kind of a, you know, like, there's cliques and, com- like, mm-hmm. not just in comedy, just cliques in life. Cliques, period. I feel like I'm kind of like a lone wolf. Like, I just want to be at the end of the bar with my comedy notebook, doing Chilling my out. thing, wanting to just say hi to everybody and wave. And then if somebody starts, a pr- I'm like, no, mm-hmm. we're good. You're going to stay over there. I'm going to be over here being me. And if I'm not wanted somewhere, I'm just going to go. Like, I don't I need... Can't find, I, I, I'm very, uh, like, communal, I guess to say, tribal or whatever. Like, yeah. I do like the the community aspect That's No, me too. And, and, like my, and it's cool that I was able to, like, supplement friends, it seems like. Like, I still have a good core of main friends, but it's, like, it's good to latch on to people that actually share a vision, maybe. I agree. And it, it's pretty cool. Then I see, like, the comedy books that I've bought and not read. They've mentioned when you want to uh, <laughs> uh, actually, you know, link up with a segment of comics because you can throw things off of that. But I love that aspect of this. But I'm very much a introverted extrovert. Like, yeah, same. Like, same. That's probably why we get along. Yeah. We're like, hey! And then yeah. we're just like... So, and, like, you and I both like community, but we also kind of like to just do our own thing. Yeah. <laughs> So I get it. I get that totally. I totally do. Well, speaking of things that we get, we're going to do our segment called What Have You Casually Streamed This Week? Okay. So here's the thing. I don't know if you're like a... Um, I stream. You stream? You I'm stream. We all We all casually stream here. I do it. So basically, we're going to talk about what we've casually streamed this week or this month or whenever or something we just want to share and why we did it. Okay. So JB... Keep it real with us. What have you been casually streaming? I casually streamed this week what I have been waiting on for a while. It's Dion Cole's Netflix special. Oh. Um, Dion Cole's one of my favorite comedians. Uh, been for a while. Like him and Corey Holcomb are up in my top tier. Like and him and Corey Holcomb. You know, yeah. And of course the classics, you know, Chappelle and all that. But yeah. Dion Cole's Netflix special this week. And it was everything I wanted it to be. It was mm-hmm. very funny. That's funny. So I'm Molly. You got chance, you know, watch some Chappelle <laughs> that you didn't know about that we casually talked about. And got now, it. And now you got some Dion Cole you can throw on there. And that was it was pretty good. That was pretty good. What did you watch? So I what I talked about earlier is that I watched Nikki Glazer's comedy special yes, Bangin'. Yes, and I cracked up the whole time. Like there were times where I actually had to pause because I feel what's great about Nikki is like she gets to the point and she kind of she just, I don't know, it, she she gets to the point while, like, um, building up the story, and she has this great bit about blowjobs. Okay, okay, <laughs> like, I'm interested already. Oh, my God, and it's what's her so name again well on that Netflix? What's it? Nikki, Nikki, Nikki Glazer. I'm going to put her on. Yeah, she actually, my she's cue. from here. So she, um, really? yeah, so she used to do work over at the Funny Bone, and she used to, she has... 
here we're just gonna hype up nikki glazer but st. it's louis. great so, yeah go st louis that. yeah she did one i saw her live when um she did a fundraiser show for stray rescue over at the funny bone and she had the whole room was filled like all you couldn't even touch a wall like Jimmy and I were, like, just meeting. I was like, hello, new people that I just met. Wow. But it was, like, that's, like, how, like, that's how good she is. And uh, she also was on Dancing with the Stars. And even though she got eliminated first, should have thought she should have stayed longer. But that's just me. But I, uh, she's on Netflix? Yeah, she's on Netflix now. What she It's heck? it's called Bangin'. It's so good. But, yeah, her bit about blowjobs, I won't get in it too much because, obviously, like, it's not my joke and I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But it talks about kind of like women's self-esteem and giving blowjobs because it's like, you know, the person like who talks about how great their blowjobs are, <laughs> like, isn't good at like it's it's really, really good. And I kept having I just was laughing. I was like, I got to pause because I'm going to laugh through what else she's talking about. So I need to like take a minute. But she's like, you know, I just needed like some guy just to like look down at me and be like, oh, wow, like. You're so good. Even if you're making it up, like just just to give me the enthusiasm, so that way I could keep going and trying and so being better at it. So you don't want our faking. You don't want us to fake it like y'all may tend to do when we're doing our thing. Oh, <laughs> great, great. The the ceremonial moan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's great though. You should definitely Nikki if you can Glacier. casually stream these. So basically, if you have a Netflix account, everybody, you should do it. Stream some comedy specials that we just discussed and support comedians because it's great that we have these people who are making all these Netflix specials because it's paving the way for comedy to be bigger and more enjoyed by other people which and, is awesome. and if you're a comic it's always good to study look at something exactly you can pick up something from somewhere to see mm -hmm. what you can do that you can be better that's what I like I kind of watch everybody you uh are you into the I watch a lot of the uh, the Comedy Central uh, on on net on YouTube. You I know need to watch more of those. I need They're to watch more of those. Dope. I've been starting to like when Natasha Leggero came to Helium. I saw her live. Um, Bobby J Cox hosted, and it was like he was great. And then it, I saw her Thursday show, and she was so funny. She came out in like this cape. And she started throwing, like, flowers to the audience. And she was like, I thought there would be, like, a bigger entrance that I would have to walk in. So I'm just going to set all my shit down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was funny. great. And she brought these people on stage and started doing, like, improvised conversation. It was really it was really well done. Okay. Um, but I, start, I watched some of her stuff on Comedy Central, which would lead me to, like, Tiffany Haddish. And then, like, it was just there was a lot of different people who I, I also love Tiffany Haddish. I have her book and everything. But I... Um, it, it, I have to watch more of them. But is there one on Comedy Central that you like the best? It's like Roy Wood Jr. You know Roy yeah, Wood Jr.? Yeah, 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 yeah. He hosts, uh, what is the show called? Uh, Comedy Central Presents, I think, and where they actually come up there and kind of tell a story. Like comics will come mm -hmm. and tell physical stories, and like the story is the joke. Yeah. And it's dope because you get to see, really, you know, the improv skills. And you get to see, like, a person in their natural element of really being funny. Yeah. Because it's like, it's dope. I like those, and I like to let it run to even people I don't know because I, I haven't been um, diligent over the years as being a two, two student, but lately I do. I kind of look up everybody. And it's dope to run into, like, you know, how you go into the, I don't know, the Wikipedia 
black hole where you click one oh, thing and it goes yeah. to this and it goes mm-hmm. to that. It's the YouTube black hole. Like it keeps going and you're looking like, oh, this is funny. And then it goes to somebody else. So I've, I've run into a lot of people there. So I love that. That's pretty dope. All right, Sam's. Sam's. Pretty dope. Well, that was cool. We got a lot of actually. That was really interesting. It's cool to see that JB and I are kind of like on the same page on everything. But very much. Very <laughs> on same much when it comes to our uh, our Netflix and Hulu and Comedy Central selections, we're we're gonna try shit out. You should do too. <laughs> uh, you should do too. Uh, what was I gonna say? So you're starting out in comedy. You've been doing this for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. For somebody who's maybe listening who wants to do comedy, what is some advice that you would maybe give to somebody starting out in the uh, industry? You had to do it first. You just got to get up there and do it. So I'm pretty sure you've been sitting back. You've probably asked some people, you think I should do it? Or like, you know, you're waiting for some confirmation from somebody. Get your ass up there. Like the biggest step is to get your ass on stage for like an open mic. The open mic is the humbling experience because the half the battle is when you get up there to say something. So even if it doesn't go well, you've, you've conquered the first fear of just getting ready to do it. Once you do it, take it seriously. If you, It's kind of a, if you want to really do comedy, you have to do comedy. Mm-hmm. There's just kind of no way around it. You can't just do it once a week and just think you're going to get better. Yeah. You really have to commit to it. And and I think you'll be, it's, it's good to those who commit. I can see... I've made a lot of growth. I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but I can tell. When you, we were talking about it earlier where we would listen to your old videos yeah. or something. I swear all my stuff is cringeworthy. It seems like I'm like, oh, man, this yeah. is horrible. And I'm pretty sure within the next three years, I listen to stuff I'm doing now and be like, oh, my God, this is horrible, too. But do it. Like, just continue to do it, and, and you'll be good. Like, it'll work itself out, and you'll see if you're really committed to it. Because yeah. It'll like I say, you you'll understand. You have to do this because it humbles you very quick. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's the best part of it too. Like, don't feel like you're just gonna. I say this again, like I'm such an expert, but like, don't go into comedy thinking that it's you're gonna crush. I feel like that's what really ruins people at first when you see people do open mics. Like, there's always, you know, we kind of talked about this too at this open mic that I was just at. There's always like some kind of bro that comes in. And like Bill Burr's special just came out or uh-oh, something, uh-oh, and they're like, "Fuck, I can do that too." I, and it's like Bill Burr is Bill Burr. Like he has a certain archetype yep. in his comedy that works for him, which makes him Bill Burr. And they're like, "I'm gonna be just as you know, just like that." And they come in and uh, they're like, "Yeah, my girlfriend's pussy," and like and when the, I oh like fucking shit, and, and like we're like, "All right." <laughs> and, and, and it's like you can tell when a person is putting on an act. Yeah, it isn't really them. Like that shit is noticeable. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing with a woman when she sees a dude. You're like, oh, okay. I think I like him because he radiates something. You saw Jimmy. Jimmy's beard was probably magical that day. Can I be honest with you? <laughs> Jimmy actually didn't have a beard when I met him. Really? Yeah, he had a baby face. Bare face. Oh my god! I like people go into my apartment and they see me in a picture with the guy, and then they realize it's Jimmy, and they're like, "Whoa!" And I'm like. The beard shape, but yeah, he used to have like a baby face. So people were like, oh my God, this like guy with this beard or whatever. I'm like, actually, he looked like a child. So who knows that what my funny. taste that is was like. Funny. It was his chin. Oh my God, he has a magical chin. That chiseled chin <laughs> oh in uh, Rest in Peace Southtown Pub. It's but, fine. <laughs> but it's like, but seriously, like, you know what you like and you radiate it. And you can tell in the audience when a person really says bitch. 
mm-hmm. when they're forcing it. Yeah. Even like, ain't gonna lie Bitch. to you, Molly. Like, like, <laughs> like, but you can tell when, you, like, when somebody really is is used to saying it. And like, just, you have these black comics sometimes that overuse that nigga word too. And it's like, you can tell when you're compensating because, dude, you're just doing this shit. You don't even say that yourself. So don't try to be edgy. If you're edgy, you'll be, you can tell. And like, a lot of mistakes people make in their first times of trying to, like you say, you watch a Bill Burr special, you had a whole weekend of you on the couch watching Patrice O'Neill on YouTube, and you just know that you can just go here and so shit doesn't work. If it's not in you, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. It yeah. Doesn't if work. it's not, and that's the thing, an audience can definitely, and also the people in the club who are yep. booking you for a show, yep. it's just like in theater when like you do an audition and your monologue isn't very genuine. I used to direct a a bunch of plays and I would know and be like, hi, um, this is, no. The same, and this goes for me too as a comedian, I have to learn when something doesn't work. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is not me. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Which is why we have to go to open mics. You gotta hustle for them. But uh, Molly, the audience can tell. What? I want to be in a play. Oh my God, I gotta write one. So right, <laughs> The last one was Lady Warrior, so I... I can't uh, be in there. Um, <laughs> but, but something else, you, you need a strong black lead... A man that stands up tall and talks with a strong voice. I can Done. be that guy. It's true. And make sure it's a part that involves smoking weed because I'd nail that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would nail it. <laughs> I'd do it. I'm telling you. I'd be me. I like it. Weed smoking extra number one. Come through. I could be an extra. I don't care. I could be the guy in the back. The guy in the back. I got you know, with I think, the weed. I got theatrical <laughs> eyes. Can I make you laugh for a second? Go ahead. And then we'll I'm go ready. to our last segment. So. Again, I'm a supervisor at a hotel, and I come in in the morning. I work from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. usually. Okay. So my night auditor, Erica, who's adorable, she we have like a shift report of notes from like the night before, and she's like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And I was like, what's going on? Because she's like three weeks in, very nice girl. <laughs> and she goes, so room 307 came down, and I was like, Oh God! Like this never means anything because usually when somebody comes down in the middle of the night, it means like their air conditioning isn't working, mm-hmm. or like they're not happy with their room, or like who even knows? That like when usually when you're in the middle of the night at the hotel, it, it never means anything good. And she goes, "Yeah, I guess they left their weed on the table." <laughs> and this guy was ballsy enough to come downstairs to our desk, tell this sweet girl that his weed is missing. And if somebody could just be on the lookout for it, I'm like, first of all, rule of thumb. If you're ever leaving your weed just out in the open, you bet your ass that that's going to go missing. (laughs) So it's weed etiquette number one, buddy. And then, like, the best part was she's so nice. (laughs) She put it in the shipper board and it emailed out to everybody. So, like... like, Oh, shit. So, like, like, luckily you were all, like, a team that we thought it was hilarious. But, like... I'm like, our GM just received this. Like, that is hilarious. Like, and Be he, on the lookout for eighth of weed. And I was, <laughs> I thought he was going to come back to like the desk and be like, hey, just so, you know, has anybody found me? Oh! But it was just like the funniest thing that this bitty comes down at like 2 a.m. and is like, hey, just got back to my I, room I and like my her. weed is missing. And Erica's like, I didn't know if I should. <laughs> And she's like, and I, I knew, and most of the time we put things like that in the ship report just to give the team a heads up. Right. Like, if there's a person that comes down and starts talking like this and they said they talked to somebody else. So it was like, and this is a thing, not against anything that 
for anybody that smokes weed. I just was like, literally, I just laughed. I was like, well, all right, our, our GM and AGM is going to get this, and uh, that that's it. I, I mean, know. I know how it feels. Like, I've lost a blunt that I just rolled. <laughs> so, like, to, to sit there and take all that time and to dedicate to grind your weed and put it in this blunt and roll it, that's that's a that's ceremonial. Like that, that's really you love that, and to sit it down and not find it that's yeah. pointless. That is that's a lot of time and effort in building all that. It to was go just away. the the that funniest thing was that it's in the ship report. Like here, I think I have a picture of it. Give that's me easy. one second. Literally, sorry that no one else can see this, but um, we're going to look at, someday we're going to film this podcast, but like, oh wait, hold on, I guess it's not loading down here. But that's basically the gist of, (laughs) there it is, in the ship report. Did she put one of his marijuana cigarettes? (laughs) (laughs) Or missing? So yeah, uh, that's my time, guys. Um, So we're going to get into our last segment, actually, and it is called The Casual Rumble. For you loyal listeners, yes. We're going to casually rumble about what we have given up on this week. It could be laundry. It could be vacuuming. It could be a person. It could be your own family, a significant other, a friend. Who even knows? It just, if you have given up on something this week, you can ramble with us too or rumble, whatever the fuck I just said, and we'll figure it out. But uh, basically, do you want to start first or I can go? I'm going to hit the timer and we'll just improv this shit and take it from there (laughs) here we go all right i guess uh i have given up on always having gas because i have an suv okay and i have i have an old suv too i have a 1999 forerunner because i'm vintage and it still has a cassette player (laughs) and you have bangs yeah like normally the girls with bangs are very artsy i know now i'm growing them out too Uh uh yeah Uh uh-oh changing things up you know (laughs) but uh yeah, I'm always, like, low on gas, and I'm just, like, always... And it's annoying, especially when you're low on gas at night, and you have to, like, stop, and you're like, oh, just... And it's... I don't know. I stopped in a gas station last night, and it was just really sketchy, and I don't know what I was doing. And it means it was, it was in the hood. So... <laughs> here's, the, here's, the, here's the joke. It was actually... And people are going to be like, Molly, really... It was in Maplewood. <laughs> Literally, what? like... <laughs> what? The and, like, sketch? here's the thing, though. There was some kind of... Uh, I know this is taking up time on our timer, but this is funny. funny. There was these two guys, like, on a bike, and, like, they were just staring at me, and, like... I didn't, Mormons. It was, like... It was just weird, <laughs> and, like, I, I don't know, and I just was, like... And you know when you're just... And the it gets darker now earlier, mm-hmm. so, like, there's no... There, and also the lights were flickering at the gas station <laughs> I was at, so I felt like I was just in a weird horror movie. Happy October. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No one was at the register. It was really weird. <laughs> those damn Mormons on those bikes in Maplewood in the night. Flickering lights. <laughs> the flickering lights of Jesus. Like, I would rather have been in the hood. Because at least in the hood, they're like, what up, girl? Oh, and I'm like, yeah, I know somebody's fucking alive here. I don't understand it. <laughs> anyway, you go ahead. All right. Well, if I could say I, I give up on people. Because people are paying full price for things that should be half price. And what I'm talking about, Molly, I am talking about fucking boneless chicken wings. What the fuck is a boneless chicken wing? No one knows what it is. It is meat chunks. That's what they are. Boneless chicken wings. And people are paying like 9 to $10 for like eight chunks of chicken wings. And like, that's not a chicken wing. It doesn't have a bone. It never flapped. It was just reformed and fried. 
And who does it better? It's Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A tells you what are they? Chicken chunks. They're just little chicken nuggets. That's what they call. The same things they're calling chicken nuggets at Chick-fil-A, other people are selling them as boneless chicken wings. <laughs> and you fuckers that are paying full price for something like that are driving up the price of chicken wings. That is my rant. I'm better now. Oh my God, Chick Fil A! I will say Chick Fil A brings up a lot of controversy in more ways than one. I love Chick Fil A. <laughs> if you've seen my set, you know I love Chick Fil A. <laughs> it is true. It is true. Very I true. Uh, I have also given up on the trash. I feel mm. like literally, I feel like, and I probably have brought this up in other episodes before. I feel like all I do is just throw away shit, and then I'm just like, and then I just run it. And you never have a garbage bag when you need it. You're just like, well. And then you just have to have it sit there and it just like stinks or you don't want to, you have to like fill up the bag and then, you know, and then like, but if you have something really gross that's been in there for a while, you have to like, wait, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I don't know. Trash and I just have a weird relationship. It's fine. Uh, You know, I I think I want to give up the point of trying to make my wife happy. I've come to the realization that I am messy. I'm a man. I am messy. She complains that I don't ever pick up my clothes and nothing like that. <laughs> and I've tried, and it's living a false life. I feel like I am living something that I can't be, and I need to flourish and be the messy man that I am. And Erica, if you are listening, because you will be listening, you need to accept that I am just a messy man, and that's the best man that I can be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, work. <laughs> oh my gosh. God bless you, Erica. This Erica, this is going to actually make you feel better. So I was at, so my boyfriend lives in a subdivision called a subdivision. Well, like he lives out in the county. I'm a city girl. He's okay. a county guy. Okay. Oh, star cross lovers, you know. And I was out in St. Peter's the other night because we were at the Funny Bone. And then um, we went to go and like watch a movie and hang out at his house or whatever. And I'm he's Jimmy flips houses. So what he did was he bought the house. He was living in the house when I first met him next door. And then he bought the house that he's in now. So he like sold it. Now he lives in this house and he's basically, which is like what, what men do. Like you can live in a mess. Like for us ladies, like me and Erica, we have to like have cleanliness and like, we are not happy when it's a, and I, I get it because the other night, Jimmy and I are just, we're just like watching TV. We're trying to pick a movie we're going to watch. We ended up watching Big with Tom Hanks, by the way, because I'd actually never seen mm-hmm. it. And uh, it as we're sitting there, he has, it. basically it's a construction site in that house. Like he has no flooring. Like you basically have to wear shoes everywhere because there's like nails or things. Or, up. Like So that's like when <laughs> the other day I was like, you better get on that. And Rich was like, that's a little passive aggressive. I'm like, no, Rich, you don't understand. Like, it's actually not safe. Like, Nathan Orton was like, what the hell? Like, it was like, I, um, so we were in there, we're sitting, and there's all these boxes and shit from that he's brought upstairs to kind of work on everything, which is fine. I'm like, I get it eventually. I've seen the other house. I know what he's capable of. Long story short, there's this box that's sitting in front of us where we're watching TV. And I'm like, babe. Is that just like a bag of potatoes just sitting in the box in your living room? Mm. And he's like, yeah, it's my potato box. And he's like cracking up because he knows exactly where this is going to go. I'm like, okay, we have a kitchen that is right next door to the room. Like, why is there a bag of potatoes just in your shag green carpet? And he's like, I don't know. I just like found... I'm like, what? So 
I put the potatoes in the kitchen, but it was like he was dying. He was laughing so hard because I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I don't I'm know sorry, how you function. Like, I don't get it's, it. It's I can function in it, and I tell my wife, "You have to pick, pick a side. You want me <laughs> to be faithful or not messy? You can't get both of those. Like, they are two separate entities. Because I personally, it's a theory I have. I'll leave y'all with this. I don't know if it's true. Well, I can say it's almost 90% with me. And Molly, maybe you can test this on your own. Ladies, if you want a man who is neat and very clean, there's three types of men. Dudes that went to prison. <laughs> oh, my God. Because they have to. Prison dudes know how to function in small spaces. Oh. And they have to have things very neat. Because when it's out of order, you're sharing your cell with another dude and Big Jerome and I like the fact oh, that, my God. I don't know, all prison dudes are OCD, so they like their space and shit neat. And oh you might hit Big Jerome shit and you get shanked in the shower. So, ladies, you want a neat guy, find one at prison. That's the first dude. The second dude, more than likely, he went to the military. Military guys are very neat. They're very neat. They have to, you know, be tucked. And shit, because they That's didn't. That's true. Military guys are very neat. That is very true. Very neat. Like they, they have to be. It's kind of indoctrinating them. You know, they, they really do that. So get you a military guy. And last but not least, single parent guy. Guy who came home in a single parent home with his mom. I have a theory. Guys that are raised with their mom, moms raise men to make women happy. When you have a dad in your home. Dads raise dudes to be dudes. <laughs> like, I'm seriously. Like, I, I I grew up with a dad. And, like, my dad, he raised me to be a man. Being neat in that, the only part of me he wanted to be neat was my clothes. Right, that like, is true. Like, my haircut and my face and, you know, make sure you're neat and presentable. Other than that, he ain't give a fuck about how clothes my mom did all that shit. <laughs> like, but I don't know. So, ladies, get you a prison <laughs> prison dude that went to the Air Force that didn't have a, mom, a dad in the home, like a broken guy, and you can that can be your clean man. But I'm messy, James, and thank you for letting me call. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for loving me, mom and dad. It's fine. Appreciate it. Or you can just be me and be like, babe, we gotta move the potatoes in the kitchen. <laughs> My wife has tried that for a while. It's right. It's all right. It's right, Erica. Keep trying. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to end on that note for sure. Please go ahead and casually subscribe to the Casually Molly podcast. Yes. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow yes. us now on Instagram. Yes. If you don't want to listen to us on Podbean, which you should, you should, but you should also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, your Apple podcast app, and Google Play. Hello. We've got all the options. So this is true. Pick all the episodes you want to listen to. Now, before we leave, JB, do you have any shows coming up that you want to promote? Um, I actually have two shows. I am doing... <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's find uh, out. He seems super excited about Yes, this. I have a show November I know, you might 3rd. not have the best service down here. November 3rd? Okay. Uh, yes, November 3rd in Arkansas, in Lake City, Arkansas. Me, Ooh. Travis, and Tommy Dangerfield. Woo-woo, Tommy Dangerfield. Yes, yes. We're going down to uh, Lake Charles, Arkansas. And we're going to do a show for my buddy. It's a birthday party in his new club. He just opened down there. So it'll be dope. And That's it's something, so cool. It's like a little network I'm trying to do. And also, I have a show coming with uh, Alex Tillman. Ooh. On, uh, it's, you know, at the Roasted Coffee and Wine Bar. And it's on the 25th of October. That's a Friday. And that's in Lake St. Louis. So... 
Come out there, check it out. It's like five dollars to get in, and it's like you get some of this funny, and I'm funny. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Go support comedy, whether you're in Arkansas, whether you're here, whatever city you're in. Please do go support. And then, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at James Jim Buck. That's J I M B U C C because I used to crip and Buchanan, and also. You can uh, find me on Jim Buck 2 on Instagram, J-I-M-B-U-C-C-2. That's Jim Buck 2. That's comedian Jim Buck. And that's where I'm at. And also, I forgot you, yeah. Mommy. Uh, Go for it. Um, you can. We have the open mics on Mondays. That's hosted by Brandon Taylor at the Laugh Lounge. That's every Monday. And also, every Thursday, we have... Uh, St. Louis Got Talent open mic that's hosted by Travis Anderson. I did not know this. And, this is good to know. And Octave Muhammad, and that's at the bridge. Oh, on, this is what we talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On Natural gotcha. Bridge. I can't remember the address that's such, but the bridge, look it up. It's like the Natural Bridge, Cool Valley, where they got like the roundabout where the nice fountain is at and shit. Didn't used to always be oh, there. Oh, shut up. Is that where it is? Yeah, it's like oh. right there. Like right there by Umsu or whatever, yeah, close to Umsu. I actually know where this is. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's like crazy. The, it's the bar that's right there by the. And middle. this is on Thursdays? Now, Every Thursday. Is there... I'm going there when I leave. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I oh, unfortunately can't go tonight because I got to edit this episode. However, <laughs> I like, and I mean that in the most loving way possible, got to promote JB. However, is that for people in the future? Is that like a sign up? Do you have to pre sign up before? Or uh, I believe sign up starts now, like at seven o'clock. Show starts at eight, and you know it's a come there workout, man. It's really for the for the people who are not into comedy who like to watch it. Come there, see com- comics, do the thing. Local great comics we got, and also for the comics, you know we like stage time. You just some type of stage time. Absolutely, work it out, and it's every week. So yeah. Well, don't worry. I will, the next couple of Thursdays, because I'll be out of town next week, I'm going to Cincinnati. Yay! Okay. WKRP in Cincinnati. I got to get my skyline it. chili. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, no, my, my niece is turning one, and so got to go that. support that. that. I know, What yeah. does Cincinnati have that I should ask you to bring me back? Oh, my God. So here's a few things. So I would bring you back graders, but it's actually already here at okay. Schnooks. If you go get, and I talk about this probably in other episodes, but for those of you who don't know, graders is actually a Cincinnati ice cream, and it is sold now in Schnooks and Deerbergs. Okay. And they have some other flavors, I'm sure, that are just like contracted with the store, but the one that you should get is called the Black Raspberry Chip. It's delicious. It's the original. Liter- so I bought it one night because my boyfriend Jimmy hadn't tried it yet, and he's sitting on the couch and he's like, this is, this is really good. And I had to like, I was like, okay, you're going to eat that whole pint. Like, cause it was half gone. So I was Damn. like, I was like, we got to save some for like our next adventure. Okay. Well, what about something? Um, you know what I'm going to bring back? I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, you're lactose intolerant. So this is good to know. I fight. I'm going to let you know. I really, I don't really care about lactose intoleration because I feel like it's me fighting my fight for racism. Um, <laughs> Who's more intolerant than white people that are racist? And so if I eat lactose intolerant food, it makes me fight against racism. So I feel that I'm winning. So bring them, I'll, I'll do that. You know what? I will bring, we have, okay, so fight I haven't talked racism, about this yet yeah. on Cincinnati, but Cincinnati, if you ever get to go, has this waffle place. It's called Taste of Belgium. Okay. And it started at this place called Finley Market. And then it expanded to the Over the Rhine District, which is in the city where I used to work. So I used to work at the bakery, and then I would go and, like, eat there. It was delicious. And it's, like, 
this guy who I actually got to meet him when he first opened the one in OTR. They call it OTR, but it's over the Rhine. And um, he basically just like cashed in his 401k and was like, this is our family recipe. I'm going to make this a thing. And it was the best thing he ever did because it expanded. Now now it's like in the suburbs and stuff. And then what he did was he, they call it, so like, you know, like Ballpark Village here. Mm -hmm. So it's a little, it's kind of the same thing because it's on the river in Cincinnati because that's where the Red Stadium is located, but they call it the Banks. And so now he has like this one that's like right on the water and all of them are successful. There's like pumpkin, there's Christmas flavors. And then, of course, they've got, like, the natural, like, the regular flavor. So I was going to bring back just some for myself anyway because they're known for their chicken and waffles. And that you can buy it, like, in a waffle with the bag in it. So I'm like, I'm just going to bring you some waffles back. And we'll just see. I just don't want you to die, baby. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't want Erica to be like, God damn it. Like, this girl went and bought waffles, and now my husband is dead. I, <laughs> I, I okay. want the waffles. We are a waffle family. I want waffles. Okay, so if you guys, if you and Erica get, like, the chicken or whatever, make it, like, chicken and waffles, and I'll bring the waffles for you, okay. and then literally we'll be set. <laughs> I'm, I'm down with this. All right, high five. We just, Bam. don't worry, he didn't smack me. We it's did. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. Police would come instantly. The pol- I know, right? I'll be like, excuse me, this black man. As <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, soon as she said it, the police are outside right now. He is out here to get me. Um, except... No, I actually would never. If anybody knows me, I'm probably like. I trust you, Molly. I'm like I the little, you. uh, the little like fight for justice. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody's like, why does this five five girl with brown hair care so much? I'm like, I have a, I'm a, I'm a good person. Five, okay. Five with brown eyes. Uh, brown eye girl over here. Well, JB, thank you. I'll let you get to the mic. But yeah, he's gonna go thank casually go to the mic, and I'm gonna go casually edit this episode. So thank you so much, and have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thank you. Have a good night, y'all. Bye.